I'm Chris from Play Comics, a show where we look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material, a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other astonishingly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to the 12th Better Podcasting Live Chat. I am SJ, and with me is SP. How you doing, Steven? I'm excellent now that I'm podcasting with you, SP. I am excellent as well now that we're getting this going for the week. I've missed this. We recorded, what, two weeks ago? And then we took a week off. Yeah. And then, which people really didn't notice because we released as normal. And now now we're here. We're a day late, but we're here. And you know what's fun? Last episode, I committed to making sure to get this ep- this this show on time more often because I was really bad with getting it out on time. And I said, I'm going to make it happen. It's going to release the same Sunday, about the same time that the Better Podcasting usually does. That's when I'll have it out by. So on the off weeks from Better Podcasting Prime, there will be this released about the same time. And you know what I did? I said to myself, hey, I'm going to I'm going to take it easy. I'm going to get everything done and and then just relax on my vacation. And I'll talk a little about that in a minute. And I uh, I did that. And so I, I had it scheduled like, I don't know, the day after we recorded. I think I had it all together and scheduled. And I said, you know what I'll do? I'll release it early. So I put it like the, the night before. So just to see what people would say, did it the night before and people complained. Of course, <laughs> they, they, they complain about anything that you do. Yeah. And as far as relaxing and take the week off, you just had to follow my lead and you actually had to do something with your home ownership. I did. Finally, in 2020, after all of my huge projects underway. Yeah. OK, let's just start off there. So I, I said I was going to take a week off. I had some loose plans, some things I was going to do, but I didn't want to have to podcast. I wanted to just have a staycation. And that's what I did, uh, except. When I said loose plans, I was like, I think I might start on the shed. And then I started on the shed, creating a shed, you know, ground up, you know, not shed plan or anything. I, I was it like, wasn't just shed planning. It was also landscaping it was. because you had to create space for the shed. I did. I had to move some shrubs over and then I had to grade it and then, you know, all that other stuff. So anyways, I, uh, I did that. And then once I started on that, I'm like, I got to keep going. So that was like pretty much all I did. But you know what? I didn't work like my day job work. I didn't podcast until the Sunday when I was like, hey, I should probably edit better podcasting prime. Uh, And then and I didn't stream. And it was still even though it was a physically exhausting week, it was a much needed break in my in my schedule, like my usual routine. And I found when I came back on Gunna Geek on Monday, even though it was only like a week and a half away from doing any of that stuff, when I did that and even sitting down tonight, really recharged me. So I think like, hmm. usually I, I don't feel really needing that recharge until towards the end of the year. But with the way the year has been being so mentally exhausting with everything going on, I think more people should be taking breaks right now. I, I really do. I think people, if they're feeling at all like, oh, I got to do my podcast, like at all like that, I think you should call it and you should take a week off. Uh, because to me, it made a massive difference. I know the real reason why you're recharged. It's not because you took a week off and everything. 
And it's sadly not because that you have created this shed to be a podcast shed. That is not the case. It is not your new studio. But this is a new opportunity for you to use smart devices to light it up with Christmas lights. So that is what's got you really excited is because it's got a blank canvas for you when the shed is completed. It's mm-hmm. not completed yet, no, but when it's yet. completed, it's a blank canvas. Your wife is all in on it and you get to do whatever you want with it. There will be smart devices in there, actually. Uh, everybody's always worried about that shed being broken into. Well, let's just I'd say, be worried about the bear <laughs> breaking into let's it. Let's just say I have smart motion sensors and door devices. And I have ways that, you know, you can easily run low voltage wiring to power a uh, a Google Home Mini. That would be an excellent alarm. So let's let's talk about the possibility because we have not done this at all. Let's just do a little brainstorming. If you were making this shed into a podcast studio. Yeah. How would you do it? How would I do it? First off, yeah. I would have gone. um I would have gone a little taller, even though you don't want more noise, but I would have gone taller so that I could actually not feel like I was in a shed, but still have good sound dampening and things like that, because like it's not that tall as it is now. And so once you get all the insulating and, you know, everything in there, you'd end up you might feel a little bit like you're you're in the middle of a closet. So I I would want to go a little bit bigger so that I could I could not feel like I was on top of myself. Uh, obviously you would need to have electricity run. That would be a huge part of it. Um, yeah, you, you know, electricity extension cords, either mm-hmm. way. Uh, the other thing that I would, I would probably do would be to, um, build it so that I could have like a couple different dedicated spaces. <laughs> so it'd be like, this is where I record over here. If the guest wants to come sit down, not that I have guests, but if the guest wants to sit down, this is the guest place, right? So, It'd be awesome yeah. to have your brother over <laughs> yeah. and, and podcast that way or your kids, yeah. uh, your boys. I, I yeah. would absolutely. And this would be any, any stu- podcast studio I was building from the ground up, but I would definitely run some uh, in-wall wiring. So that like, let's say I wanted to just quickly throw up a camera or something like that. You know, it, I don't have to run wires all around. Well, you haven't closed off the walls no. yet, right? No, but I'm not doing the shed for that. It's not built to be an outdoor lived-in used structure. Thank you. <laughs> we'll see when your wife kicks you out. <laughs> oh, and and maybe the roof would be of better quality. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> oh, yeah. To protect the gear. <laughs> yeah. I, I could see that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it would be really fun, though, to build build like a like a pod shed. That would be awesome. Yeah. Hey, I just want to give a shout out to people in the chat room. We got Bangs, you got Liberty Dude, you got Jason Bryant, you have Intrigued Character, and you have Interesting Person. So yeah, we have a lot of interesting people in the chat room tonight. So thank you very much for showing up. This is a day later than we normally do. We're recording this on Wednesday versus Tuesday, and that is because we had some personal stuff pop up, but we wanted to make sure we got a show in. Anyway, especially since in the last two weeks since we recorded, there's a lot that has happened that is not Stephen Shit. No, um, but uh, before we go on to that, let's talk. Can we talk a little social media here? We're, we're not going to get too far down this rabbit hole, but in the chat, we actually have Jason Bryant saying, I can't post on Twitter right now. I'm blue check blocked. Um, I'm not sure what blue check block mean. However, there there is a hack on Twitter today. And if you have a blue check mark, you're being hacked. Ah, gotcha. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit about being blocked on on Twitter, anyways. That's sure. Yeah, that's been 
known to happen. It's been happening more and more lately with people that we've known who have been temporarily suspended and things like that. And and you would at first think they were like a really controversial account or something. Uh, several of the people we've talked to, they, they have not been. They're people that we don't see posting controversial things or anything, uh, you know. The typical picture that you're painting in your mind, like right now, it's not that. So just be aware if you're only on one social media platform, you're putting all your eggs in one basket. You are. And I should know that because I was kicked off of Facebook a couple of years ago. It's got to be three years ago now that that's happened. Uh, but you also decided that you were going to get on that Google Plus band wagon. How'd that work out for you? I don't think I think I was already on Google Plus. I didn't say I was transferring over to Google Plus. And yeah, that worked great. So this past week, actually, it was it was awesome. So I was going through my apps on my phone. They update every day, it seems like. So I was going through the apps on the phone and seeing what's update because I've gotten smarter. I just don't click it anymore. I actually go through it and I scroll through it and I'm like, okay, so what's updating here? Hmm. What's updating? What is this? What is connect? What, what is can what? So I actually had to Google it and said, this is the new app from Google plus. I was like, okay, (laughs) I tried to log in and it wouldn't let me. It said, we are the new corporate. What arm of what Google Plus used to be. I knew I wasn't going to use it, so I deleted the app from my phone. Why Google Plus was still on my phone was for this very reason, to figure out what eventually happened to it. I found out. Unfortunately, it does not mean that it's coming back, and SP was heartbroken. I wasn't really heartbroken. I mean, it wasn't that great of a platform anyway, and any podcaster that was using it is off of it. So yeah, that happened in the last couple of weeks. Do you we remember, had, by the way, when it shut down, there was oh, yeah. a few communities that were like, but there's tens of thousands of people in this community. How can they shut it down? And it's like, no, I, I would have liked to have seen tens of thousands of verified accounts because I'll bet you <laughs> it wasn't tens of thousands of verified accounts. It could have been one person had like 20 accounts and then a thousand people have that. And then all of a sudden you have 20,000. So anyway. We had other things that have happened in the last couple of weeks. Most notable, let's talk about Sirius XM buying Stitcher. They actually went through with it when last time we talked about the news story, we said the thought in the air was for 300 million. And we didn't talk about what Sirius XM already owned, which is an important part of the conversation. Sirius, prior to their purchase of Stitcher, owned Pandora, Simplecast, Midroll, Stitcher's podcast, which is part of Stitcher, and Earwolf, which is a podcast creation network, right? So they already owned that, and then they went for Stitcher as well. The reason they went for Stitcher is because of their massive ad sales. At least that's the thought on the street, because they did have pretty good ad sales. So you throw that together with the stats for mid-roll, with the podcast creation of Simplecast, the um, distribution of Pandora and Stitcher. And then you had the podcast in-house creation of Stitcher podcasts and Earwolf. And it's a pretty good online media, audio media creation hub. I, I think they put together a sound business. Now what they do from it from here on, I don't know. And I don't know if Stitcher is really worth 
325 million. Yes, I know they sell a lot of ads, but I don't know. I know what their gross was, but I don't know what their net was. So that's a concern there. Anyway, so that actually went down this past week. What does this mean for the hobbyist? It means just keep your head to the ground and figure out where you're distributing your podcast. For example, we usually throw our podcasts on Pandora and Stitcher if we can, right? And now I don't know a year from now if you'll need to distribute your show to both. It could just be one. I don't know. Do you remember when Sirius and XM were two different things? I do. You had to compete on which radio that you got because the radios yeah. were on different bands or something like that in your car. Like if you got the wrong radio, you wouldn't be able to listen to yeah. the the other one. There were so, different, yeah, different satellites. And actually, I bought my my previous car right at the peak of satellite radio. And then they went downhill for there. <laughs> and uh, my new car... I don't think it has satellite radio. I know huh. I don't have it. Oh, yes, it does. It it does because it's got all of the like the gas station stuff in there that it oh, yeah. comes with. Yeah. Um, I am very interested to see what happens here because we have some overlap here with with some of the content now. Um, Pandora's a, an American, like a U.S. only uh, platform. Stitcher's not, but I am I am curious about that overlap now. Another big thing that happened since we recorded last time, like the day after we recorded, what isn't this always the case? The day after we recorded, the new Zoom H8 came out. So we haven't had a chance to talk about it on the show yet. Steven, I don't think you've done a, a deep dive into the Zoom H8, but I had a look. What, what are your what are your thoughts? Uh number one, I'm going to say that I I I, I called it. Okay. I theorized somewhere, whether it was here or in Discord, that the next version, like what this was that came out, would end up being all black and and would be visually similar to the H6 black that we saw. Because we saw the H6 get a refresh to be all black. We saw um, another one come out that was all black. It was, I think, the H5. Maybe it was the H4N Pro. And there was no changes to the hardware other than color. And I said, okay, so th I think what they're going to do here is the next version is going to have the same sort of look. And now you'll be able to tell what is the current line. If you, if you see the old one that we have, you know, it's old, but now the new line, the new style, the new look is this, this, this black specific zoom handheld recorder look. And it is, it, you know, when you look at it, you can see it falls in line with the H6 black. If you took the H6 regular, you put it against the H8, You'd be like, they look very, very different. You just look at the paint job on the H6, uh, now that it's H6 black, and you put it next to the H8, the, H8, the H8, and you're like, okay, I can see where that was derived from that. But I use the term derived very loosely because it is it is visual, visually questionable. Uh, it's, it's a little odd shaped. Uh, how many sides is that? Is that an octagon? I don't know. It's very odd. Very, very odd. Uh, it's like middle. a spider. Yeah. When yeah. everything's connected, it does. It looks like a spider, a yeah. tarantula, not just any spider, but I, a deadly spider. I think it's super smart, though. I do think it's super smart. There's a few features in there that are are good. That's just like dabbling in the sort of, you know, digital enhancements with, with the display. The display has been modernized, uh, which is nice. Finally, 
Too bad they couldn't have done that on one of the, the L products, but that's okay. Uh, but at least they've modernized that on the eight, eight, the H8. And uh, obviously, you've got more inputs. How many is there now? There's there's eight versus six. Yeah, but there's six built-in yeah, XLR, XLR, and then the capsule, which is two, but that can also still be replaced by two extra XLRs, right? Because by right. default, it's the XY capsule, and then and then I think a capsule can be removed, and the X the XLR one can go on the same way. I think. So I'm intrigued and dismayed by the Zoom H8 all-in-one. It is clearly an advancement over the Zoom H6. And really for the same price point that the H6 was when it first came out. And you get a couple of extra plugins. But as Bangs brings up in the chat, we don't know what the specifications are on the preamps. Yeah, They could be weaker than other like the sound devices mix pre line and i don't think it's going to act as a true like mix minus through a usb so i don't think you can use it as an audio interface like the sound devices so obviously here i'm comparing it a lot to the sound devices stuff on the plus side like you were saying the controls are modernized there's actually a podcast mode on it mm -hmm. it's not getting a lot of press right now it is clearly made we've discussed this before zoom products are clearly made for the music industry for the small bands the musicians that's what they're made for podcasters are just adapting it to their workflows and zoom has not gone out of their way to make a product dedicated for podcasters the way that road did because their money is not in podcasters. Their money is in musicians. But they did put the podcast mode on there. That brings up the mix minus through the USB. That would have been nice to have had in there. And when you do turn on the podcast mode, it actually takes away a couple of the inputs, the, a couple of the tracks that you can record to because it is being used for an internal sound board. So you'll lose a couple of inputs through that. But if you're going from an H6, if an H6 does it for you, and then you get the H8, you're getting much more advancements in terms of the capabilities. And I think it's great. So that's why I'm dismayed because I wanted kind of more from it. I'm, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to get one or not. It really depends on, on I, the gear. I don't, I right don't know that have you a have a, for yeah, I was going to say, I don't think you have a use for it right now. I think you would be better um, even getting one of the current, versions of something that is in the realm of podcasting, whether it is the L8, the L12, or the Roadcaster Pro. Because um, you're not traveling a lot right now. Uh, the other thing that I, Bangs brings up in the chat, and I honestly trying to you know stay away from podcasts while I was away, uh, <laughs> while I was on vacation. I, I didn't know this, but the apparently there is a new capsule connection, which is interesting. Not sure why yeah. they would have done that. Um, yeah, if you if you start looking at the the pictures of it, if you can find online, you you can see uh, that not all the connections are combo jacks. There's only a couple that are combo jacks, and four of the connections are XLR and they're not combo. And then the capsule itself, I haven't actually seen a picture of it yet. I'm just taking Bangs' word for it right now. It looks very similar in terms of the, the fit form functionality of it on top of the H8. Oh. But it it is 
Yes. I'm going to do something here that that is terrible for our audio listener. But um, l- hold on. Let me start by setting up a short link here. Let me, let me start by sh- setting up a short link. Okay. If you want to go to www.geeks.link slash uh, ugly port, uh, geeks.link slash ugly port. Um, I don't know why they didn't Photoshop this. Uh, let me just throw this on the screen here for everybody. They put like a completely like filthy port on one of their media photos on their website for um for the 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 uh H8 with the um the USB connection. Where is it here? Hold on. Uh oh nice. Here. L- look at that. Oh yeah. Look how ugly. Like, could somebody not have cleaned that? <laughs> That's horrendous. It just looks a little. Yeah, it just looks a little off center. That doesn't necessarily look bad. No, look how <laughs> ugly it is. Look, it's completely d- filthy. It might not be coming through to you, but it, it's like. Are you talking about the port in the top right hand side underneath the record button? Yeah, it's it's dirty. It's like there's dirt in it. Okay. Well, I can't tell from this picture, but yeah, it looks. It's it's horrible. People should zoom in. It's terrible. It's like huh? it's all brown. Oh, gross. Anyways, check that's that out they if might, you want. That's what they might look like anyway. And <laughs> and this was probably a demo version that they had thrown around the the office for a while. Anyway, so yeah, I'm not going to badmouth it because it there is a niche for this. It's the if it, like I said, if the H6 crowd the H6 was doing it for you. The H8 will do it for you. So that's ugly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I can't get over that. Yeah, I I definitely think there's a use. Um, I don't know that I ever. I don't know that I ever fully maxed out with my connections. Could I have you had more use? Yes, I could have, but I don't know that I was ever with my H6 with the capsule um, connector going. I, I need more for my personal setup. But if I was doing in person, that would probably... But I was multi-tracking. I don't know. Yeah. A couple of the cons that I did, it would have been nice to have one extra port. But it, it's different from a podcast. So, it, it, like I said, it has its place. I, I'm grateful. And a few months ago, I said I was looking for new gear yeah. as we head into the later part of 2020 and, and with the worldwide pandemic, I just think that's stymieing a lot of stuff. The zoom H eight is not the gear I was looking for. I'm looking for a new class of zoom L eight, a new roadcaster pro. That's what I'm looking for. And I haven't seen it yet. So the H eight does not fit that bill for me. If I need to replace an H six, it's going to be within either an H eight or uh, sound devices mix pre 10, I believe mix pre 10 two is what I have my sights on right now. Very expensive, but that's what I would go with. But they also had a promo video for for, for podcasters that I know that you loved for the H8. Uh, it was a promo <laughs> video that had a section of it for podcasters. And I, I know and you loved how they, they treated podcasters in there. I didn't have a problem with it. They actually tip their hat to podcasters and say, hey, this does work for podcasting too. Yes, it does. But also... Yeah, I, I guess I had a problem with their setup, but that those are the types of setups that you have to deal with when you're on the road. Like if you go to somebody's work to interview them and you get their conference room, that is the sort of setup that you're going to have to use. 
I don't know. You you had you had a comment about because all podcast guests are singers or, or musicians or something. I don't know. There was something uh, you had said. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> they're they're now I'm remembering their podcast promo had some a singer that they were yeah. interviewing a singer. So of course you know podcasts have to be about music, about the behind the scenes of music and in Zoom's eyes, which I guess what else are they going to do? I mean, in retrospect, but. Yeah, all podcasts are not music podcasts. As a matter of fact, from what we've been hearing more and more, the people that want to do outright music podcasts are getting shut down in mm. different avenues because yeah. these podcast media hosting services and distribution destinations, they don't want to have to deal with the royalties of a downloadable file that plays music. And that's where places like Mixcloud comes in because there is no downloadable file. You can put together a music podcast and throw it up there and it's streaming. And apparently the music industry is okay with streaming, but the second you download it, that's a different story. Anyway, so that's the Zoom A8 H8. There was also a story that came out recently about Gimlet Media being sued for not making their podcasts accessible to the deaf and hard of hearing. Uh, the America, the United States of America has such a thing known as the American Disabilities Act, which covers more than just people that are hard of hearing or deaf. It covers the range of disabilities. But with this disability, there are certain accommodations that most places on the web have to make for people that are deaf or hard of hearing. And apparently the closed captioning is one of them. Now, I don't know if this is going to translate to all podcasts or not. I will have my eyes on this lawsuit. I have a hunch it's going to be settled out of court. I have a hunch it's going to be settled to the satisfaction of the, um, the people that are suing Gimlet. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be dealing with transcripts or auto transcripts, and I don't know how it's going to be applied to the rest of the podcast space. I'm curious about this, this whole area, and I, I don't honestly know what the Canadian laws are. And by the way, if you're listening to this, yes, I am actually Canadian. There was a little debate about that in the Discord. I am actually Canadian. Do I not say a boot enough? Do people not believe it? Do I not have that big? You East actually East? don't. No, no, you don't. You 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 sound more like a West you know, Coaster than a Canadian. It, it's that's the reason why. Because, like, the, okay, before I actually talk about this point, I, I still remember my first experience with like East Coast Canadians was I I was working for Staples at the time and I had to call up their like warranty number and they were all based back east and I talked to the guy. And it, I hung up from that call and I'm like, okay, I finally see why the Americans do their cliche accent of us because he sounded exactly like every, every cliche accent you ever heard. It was all about daddy. It was like completely Canadian, right? Uh, so I get it. I get it. But us West, us West Coasters, that's not the case. Uh, but what I was going to say is I'm curious to see about this, this whole law and sort of this perspective of if there'll be a point where it shifts from the responsibility of the, um, like whether content creators will be responsible for that anymore, or they'll be responsible for providing a, a way to consume that. Like what I'm thinking about with podcasts right now is on my Google Pixel 2, I have this little button that showed up uh, six months ago or whatever, where I can just go and I can click a button and any audio that's coming through is transcribed on the screen. It doesn't matter what it is, a website, whether it's YouTube, anything that is playing 
audio through my phone is doing a live transcription and it's pretty good overall. So like, will there be a point where that, that sort of shifts and it's like, okay, we no longer have to be the ones that offer it. But what we do have to do is we have to say you can access this through this. Like I have to give Google the API to access, you know, to access my content so they can do it or whatever it is. Right. But I'm pretty impressed with what, I, what I've seen with that, that, that version of the Google um, transcription, like on the fly transcription. And it's, it's pretty fast too. So I guess we'll see what happens with this. Yeah, I don't know if the responsibility is going to lie on the content producer, like the podcaster, or if you host your file somewhere. This might be a rationale to host your file with somebody in that they provide the auto transcript as the episode is published and goes out. I don't I mean it's not a thing. It's not a case right now, but I, I could see that being a case or I don't know if it's wherever it's being consumed on the other side. So if you don't have a website and you only throw your stuff up through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, in Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, I don't know if iHeartRadio, I don't know if it's their responsibility at that point to provide those transcripts or if it's the podcaster that's responsible to provide those transcripts. And it might cause a lot of people, if that is the case, to shut down their website and just pawn it off on somebody else. So... I could see that, but there are detriments to doing that. You don't have a landing page at that point. So yeah, all sorts of questions with this. And I have no idea what the answer is going to be. I just have a hunch that this is not going to be a bloody long-term fight that they'll come to a quick resolution that they'll be able to say, okay, we can live with this and both parties can move along. Uh, you had something else you wanted to bring up, which I know yeah, you've been waiting for, for a little while now, and you're happy that this has finally been announced. Yeah, indeed. So on July 10th, 2020 Podbean posted on their blog that they are now IAB podcast measurement standards 2.0 compliant. They're good. They're certified. I would just like to highlight that that seemed to be a fairly fast process compared to when we first reported that. And uh, I'm not saying that we're responsible, but I would just like to point out that we uh, we brought it up. We had an email from Podbean and then they got certified. Uh, so if you want to have something happen, you reach out to these guys. <laughs> Apparently, I'll let Shannon know <laughs> that we were responsible for that. <laughs> this is great. This is another arrow in their quiver to yeah. be able to say, hey, look, our stats are the same as everybody else. And if you're talking about standardized statistics throughout the industry, IAB uh, podcast measurement guidelines 2.0 is this industry mm -hmm. standard that every, regardless of what everybody else wants, because the other people, I know what they want. They want the demographics. They want to know how long people have listened. They want to know uh, who, how old they were. They want to know where they are when they listen. They want to know all yeah. of that stuff. That's not part of podcast measurement guideline 2.0 and it's impractical to actually contain all that stuff outside of one singular app. So like Apple podcasts can do it to a point because like I still listen to some podcasts on my iPod. So that's impossible to do through an iPod. Uh, but you know, if you download it on your computer to listen to later on the plane, or if, you know, if you go off to Canada and fight off the bears or something like that, they're not going to be able to measure that either. So that, is not practical right now, but what is practical is doing the downloads and doing them in such a way so that they're standardized. And Podbean is now 
in that group, it's not a huge group. It's it's a growing group, but it's not a huge group. Podbean is there, and they are one of the podcast media hosting services that we recommend. Have recommended them for a while. The one differentiation had been the IAB compliance, the IAB yep. certification. And make sure I say that correctly: certified certification. And I'm glad that they are certified. It just makes them whole again in terms of the recommendation and. Good on you, Podbean. And by the way, uh, just for complete clarification there, the way that it is officially phrased on the IAB Tech Lab uh, website is podcast compliance. It's not pod like a lot of people say, well, they're podcast certified. I know we just did a second ago. Technically, it's not a certification by IAB. It is Podbean has certified that they are podcast compliant. Like they've gone through and they have decided right. that they are listing them on there. It doesn't technically say like we're a, we're a certified thing. They're, they're just actually, they're listed as IAB being compliant. Yeah, they're, they're uh, compliant. Uh, what do they call it? Compliant um, programs, I believe. They're business compliant programs, something like that. Yeah. It's all webpage and it's more than just the podcasting. It's all about advertising through over the air and through internet uh, streaming, that sort of thing. So that that is what it is compliant for. And yep. you have a list of companies that are more than podcasting on there. So again, cool on uh, Podbean. The, the other last thing, thing that, I, yeah, sorry. The other thing that I wanted to say on this that I think is good is like th this is taken off to the fact that this this is like a standard now. And um, to me, it becomes more of a check mark. Like for a while, it was we really need to make this a thing we need to highlight the importance of this why this is important because we needed this standardization now it's just like it's almost a secondary thing now where it's like yes the expectation is that you should you should be compliant so that you've got that under your belt um and and we've moved past the phase where certain companies that will leave nameless were we're like hey work we're one of the only ones that are, are compliant by the IAB. And so that's why you should choose us. And like, it was like a definitive point, but now we have such a variety that that's almost like a non-issue now. Is it, is it a factor? Yes, but it's not like the factor of like, not potentially the factor of why you should choose them. And that's good for my opinion, for uh, development of the platform. Because if you're holding on to like this, like this golden egg and you're like, Hey, we're one of the only ones that are compliant then it's legitimately something that you can go to businesses and then you can get a little complacent and you can go, we got this. There's only a couple others that have that. We're happy. But once you get more and more people on here, now they got to fight for your business again. And that's good for the consumer because there are some companies that are really going stagnant and I, that's not a good thing for the consumer. There's a lot of interfaces that are really dated. There's a lot of features that are lacking that should be there by some of these big companies. And so... Now that there's more of these in here, it's less of a golden egg. It's it's just like it's more of like a like a golden colored egg now. I think it's going to be a differentiation on which of these businesses the services stay in business because it's not cheap. It is expensive. And yes, there are a lot of expenses to running a business, but this could be the start of what is required to keep you in business. You have to have a large enough income that you can go ahead and spend some more to get 
not only certified, but then to maintain that certification because you got to maintain some of these databases that cost a reportedly tens of thousands of dollars for like the white listing of URLs and stuff like that. So yeah, it could actually knock some of them out of business or you're not going to see the out of the blue startup saying, Hey, we can host your media. And they have like 10 podcasts on mm-hmm. it and stuff like that. So I think it's going to be more corporate oriented, which in a hobby podcast world is important to note that our ability to be able to get statistics is now then confined to the bigger businesses. I'm not saying that there's only one or two, there could be 10, but there's just not going to be 20 to a hundred out there. Yeah. Hey, SP, uh, well, I know we started off talking about my my time off and my staycation, and I thought, you know, I'll talk a little bit more about it as we start to wrap up. Uh, okay. Even though I was doing the shed, I, I thought I would take a moment to go and uh, go for a little walk. And as I was going for that walk, I, I found myself a river. And so I just decided I was oh. going to I was going to sit riverside for a little while and just hang out oh, there. Okay. And so I just thought I'd share that with you. Okay. Yeah. Well, talking about Riverside. Oh, what a segue. Uh, yeah. I actually was pointed towards Riverside by Banks 90 Bits over on uh, the subreddit there, the podcasting subreddit. And I got approached by the developer whose name is, uh, I, I believe, Nav. Oh, he lives in Amsterdam, I found out. And his name is N- Nad Av. So N A D A V. There's co-founders, and he's one of the ones that I ran into. He actually took about a half an hour out of his day yesterday. There were, there were some time zone issues in uh, selecting the time that we were meeting, but eventually we got it all figured out, and he spent a half an hour showing me around the uh, the platform. And it's different from just about every other recording and streaming platform that I've seen the one that would most closely mirror it would be StreamYard, but it's totally different from StreamYard, meaning they don't have the interface to stream to make the, it look like a pretty picture as it goes out. It is literally a bunch of blocks of, of uh, video if you chose to do video. So they have different types of steps in there, different platforms. There's a multi-track audio, which you are connecting on video but you have the multi-track audio recording and it is wave recording and so high quality and it's all done locally. Plus there is one recording that's combining everything at the server. Then you go up in price to the actual video itself. So you can get audio, multi-track audio plus multi-track video, not just combine like StreamYard does, but multi-track video. You're actually getting the full camera shot, the full webcam shot, the full camera shot from somebody that is recorded locally and then incrementally uploaded to their server so that you can uh, download it later. And then there's a higher tier, which you can actually take call-ins. So how expensive is this? So if I remember correctly, the audio version, the audio only version is like $15 a month which is billed comparable build annually What's, if you, it's build annually otherwise it's 19 okay and then you go up to it's 40 dollars a month i believe for the video uh audio and video oh. is 29 build annually 39 per month not build okay. annually right and then it goes up another 10 dollars if you want the call in feature yeah and that's the uh that's the um with the live 
and that's 49 bucks. Yeah, 49 bucks if not billed annually, 39 per month if billed annually. Now, we've mentioned on Better Podcasting before that with any new a product or service out there, they're not seeing the bandwidth. They're not seeing the stress on the system. So if you get in early, you might experience less actual hiccups in the recording as you go forward. Now, I asked constantly when we were going through the things about the local recording because it's really dependent on the individual's computer. And he kept on saying, we haven't seen an issue yet. And I'm like, eh, I don't think you've run the gambit of hobby podcasters out there because hobby podcasters try to roll with some pretty old stuff that it is. And it's not just the computer. It's also the connection, the connection, internet connection will affect the local performance of the computer as it tries to shove this. If let's say you got a 4k camera hooked up via, via capture card or whatever, it's trying to shove that 4k video up to the stream First, it's got to compress it down to 1080 because nothing is going to stream 4K these days. So you're, you're taking that 4K video, you're compressing it to 1080 on board the computer, and then you're trying to shove it through a limited bandwidth. Say you're at, I don't know, Starbucks or whatever, and you're doing this. I wouldn't recommend that because background noise would, would kill you. But if you do that, it's just going to tax your computer so I have questions on whether this is going to really work for everybody. Say you call a guest, and it's mostly guests, right? So one of the key features on this, which I haven't seen anywhere else, is a guest can call in. And by call in, it's using the service. It is not calling a number and calling in. So you're on a smartphone, you're on a tablet, you're on a laptop, you're on a PC, and you're actually calling in internet like everybody else. Well, non-podcasters, as we've seen this year, do not have very good capabilities to podcast. So all it's going to be limitations. However, even people that should very, very much be able to afford a decent computer and connection. Right. Well, and, and they might not know. So I don't know, 15 years ago, my son was trying to video game on his PS2 and it kept on getting mad and pissed off because he kept on getting booted because my internet speed was atrociously slow And then when I started to game, I saw what he was up against the previous two years and said, okay, well, I'll up my internet. So I upped my internet and they never upped it for a year. So we're all like just assuming that the internet is there and it's not. So I got a bunch of free internet off of that. I got the whole next year free of my internet because they had throttled me for that previous year yet. I had paid for the increased internet anyway. So there are people out there like that, that just don't understand that they need more bandwidth, that they're going to be doing this sort of thing. I watched a live stream of a YouTuber yesterday that uh, actually I'm wearing a shirt. It's a uh, vice grip garage. It's Derek over at vice grip garage and very There's funny YouTube channel. Placement. Yeah, there you go. I'm, I'm, I'm genius at it. I, and I had not planned this by the way, this just came up. So I'm watching his live stream and it was terrible. It was horrible. I'm like, Derek, man, are you uploading a video while you're doing this? And he goes, no. And, and all the time I'm like, yeah, okay, you are. And the kids are probably playing video games or streaming and, and they have multiple device. Here's the thing that probably really killed them is they had multiple devices up between Derek and his wife that Jessica is her name that were trying to stay focused on the chat. There was one controlling the whole live stream. And then they were trying to have about three other things, uh, streaming 
for the chat, but that just meant bandwidth. So they're just getting killed by their own bandwidth. So there's people out there like that, and they're going to be your guests. And it's just going to bog this whole thing down. And it's not Riverside's fault. Riverside, I don't think, understands the use case that most people are going to have on this. Now, that said, this is expensive, but it is the most comprehensive that I've seen out there. If you want to stream, you have to use RMTP. So it's not like StreamYard and you just connect it to your accounts and you can go that way. You have to use RMTP, which means you have to go direct to the streaming places with the RMTP code, which is a little geeky, but it is a way to do it. We used to do that all the time, actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, Still kind of do, but kind of. We'll say kind of. I don't for Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. because I'm using StreamYard directly to YouTube, but I do remember how to do it. Well, thanks for giving us your first thoughts on that. I look forward to uh, hearing more about it and uh, seeing what else happens there. Thanks to Bangs for uh, hooking you up with that. That was fantastic. It's uh, really much, uh, very much appreciated. But that's going to take us towards the end of this Better Podcasting live chat. Before we go, I want to remind everybody, we do have a Discord server. I know we didn't pull any feedback from the Discord server this week, but uh, usually we do. And so you can come to betterpodcasting.com slash discord. That's the Gunna Geek Discord server. And you'll find a little area in there for better podcasting. You might also want to check out some of the other channels like the Tech and Gear channel where SP date his comment about the podcasters. Uh, also, uh, the podcasters with the, L- the H8. Also, yep. there's a smart home channel, a whole bunch of other stuff. And also a channel for every podcast on the network. SP, it's great to be back. I'm excited it to be is. back with you. And even though you disagree with me on the ugliness of that H8 port photo, I'll go ahead and let you slide on that. I don't think if we would see it in person, I don't think we would have a disagreement. I'm just saying that I can't see it through the picture very well. So it's a failure of my old AARP eyes. <laughs> so- yes, I do qualify for AARP now. <gasps> on that note, for episode 12 of Better Podcasting Live Chat. I'm Stephen John Drew saying I got a couple more years for AARP. That's why I can see how ugly that port is. I'm SP saying it's good to be back. We'll see everybody next week for a regular episode and in two weeks for a live chat. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.